Welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. Today's guest, his name is Craig Bender. He's only 23 years old. He is a fascinating human being. He is an entrepreneur. He is someone that just loves money. You're going to watch this kid and you're going to say to yourself, wait a second, what am I doing with my life? Listening to a 23-year-old do what he is doing, have the success that he's having, it's, it's just truly amazing. You're going to love this guy. Before I introduce you to him, make sure you go to our YouTube page, subscribe, like, also on Rumble, it's audio, the version is on Spotify, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Craig Bender. All right, welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. We have lots to talk about. I got something going. I got something cooking here. This is the big leagues. It's New York. I said I was in the worst neighborhood, man. I said I had a near-death experience. Crazy? Robert, if you've been through what I've been through in the past month, you'd be, you'd be crazy too. All right. Craig Bender. What's going on, brother? How's it going? 23 years old. Yep. Look at you. Look at you. 23. <laughs> at 23 right now, be honest with me. Is it more important to have a hot girl, nice piece of ass, right? Beautiful. Or is it all about the money? I would say uh, right now, I mean, I have a wonderful girlfriend, but I do appreciate the money. So a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. But I'm saying, though, at 23 years old, you're yeah. young, man. You got your whole life. A lot of 23-year-olds, including myself, I was all about going out, all about where, you know, who I could hook up with. The job thing came, gone, really. You know, I just wanted to have enough money to go to the club. And it was the most ridiculous thing at the time. I had no guidance, and I just fell right into it. But here you are, right? You're at, you're 23 years old. Yep. And you were just on the cover of some magazine, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm 23 years old, and uh, I'm an insurance broker in Lake Grove. Um, licensed property and casualty, so I do personal, commercial insurance, but pretty much um, I like to work. I, I, I want to, I'm all about, I want to work as hard as possible, as much as possible now, so I can enjoy 40, 50, 60, and enjoy the later years when I think it's more important to enjoy those times where you're not working when you're 65, 75, and you ha you're retired, and you have a good retirement plan set up where you could just enjoy and watch your kids grow. And where did you get that theory from? Where, what made you start believing in such, in such a theory? I guess what it is, it's like you see like a whole different living style of seeing like when you when you go to a like stop and shop or you go to these different stores and you see like the older generation still working, and it's like. Ah, like, and and they're rude to you. That's like my biggest thing is like at restaurants or you go anywhere and they're just the they're, the elderly people. Yeah, they're rude and stubborn. Well, they don't want to fucking be there, right? <laughs> they're hundred percent. They're, they're miserable being there. You know what they're saying? I wish I was friends with. I wish I had a Craig Bender in my life at twenty three years old. Right? Yeah. That's basically what they're saying to themselves. Like, I wish I had it. So you had this guidance. Who gave this to you? Where do you? Where is it coming from? I think it was like self generated. Really? I believe so. I love that. Yeah, because I don't think I ever really saw someone where it was like, I want to live like them. It was kind of just like, this is kind of what I want to do. What about your pops? Uh, my dad's a Honda mechanic. for. He's been a Honda mechanic for 30 plus years. So he does that. And my mom owns a, uh, the insurance agency. Mechanic? Well, look at, it, look at that. Mechanic? That's a tough gig. Yeah. That's real work. I feel like if you're going to have a real blue collar job. And there's nothing wrong with it, especially these mechanics who make money. Yeah. Everybody's car is in and out of the mechanic shop. Yep. But it's real work. You know, it's dirty work. Busting your balls. Busting your balls. It's the same, you know, once you've seen one transmission, right? You've seen them all, yeah. kind of. And is it possible that you saw the kind of work ethic that he had to do and what he was doing? Did you say, you know what? I have to strive for even more. And again, I'm not taking away from the mechanic thing. It's just, it's not something that I would want to be doing. Yeah, I mean, not even to do anything more. It was really when his work ethic is great at work, but it was when he got home from work. Because when he got home from work, it was yard work time. So I, that's where it was like, I was doing a whole bunch of yard work every time he would come home and we would pick up rocks from the ground and like there couldn't be any rocks on the yard. So from that point, it was kind of like, all right, well, if I have to do yard work from 
my parents' house for free, as that's kind of like my chore or that's my responsibility of living there, I think I can make money doing it. And then that's how I opened, I started up a landscaping and debris removal company. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. So it was one of those things where it was like, you know what? I mean, if I can get paid instead of cleaning up all these leaves for free, if I'm busy making $400 for a yard cleanup, why not? What was the name of your landscaping company? It was ANC Property Management. ANC Property Management. I did landscaping. Uh, I My uh, business name was called Fantasy Landscaping. We make all your dream lawns come true. Yeah. And we were the worst. We get to the lawn. We just smoked two blunts in the car. <laughs> we drank these things called four, uh, uh, Mad Dog 2020. It was like this. I don't know, piss liquor, but it tasted delicious. Like in a pink, they came in, it came in, you know, the flavor blue. And we'd be just cutting lawns, wasted, trashed. And then we'd pull up the lawns and we'd see the grass like four feet high or whatever. Like it'd be the first time cutting yeah. and we'd look at each other like, we really want to go. And now that, we're going to have to bust our ass cutting this lawn. Is that really what we're doing? And we just take off. It was, we were the worst. I had my own landscape company. You know, I had all of these accounts, and then I just said, I can't do this anymore. It's too much work. Because yeah. you know what I said? It's crazy. I actually said, there's no way I'm going to be able to see myself doing this at 50 years old. Yeah. I got to get out of this. Yeah. And that's what I did. But how did you get out of it? So I got out of it. So it went from mowing lawns. I did mostly leaf cleanup. But then I was like, I want to get into debris removal because it's like, it's you kind of can charge whatever you'd like. I mean, within reason, but it's because the homeowner or the business owner doesn't want to actually do it themselves. So they will pay someone to do it. So in that aspect, it's you give a rate and that's that. So, But how I got one of my largest accounts was actually I had a uh, homemade trailer. So I didn't make it myself. I purchased it, but I was coming down in Shirley. I just did a leaf job out in Shirley on my way back to the dumps in Yapank and my trailer broke down next to this store quest. So then it was pretty much like the woman comes out. I'm trying to figure out exactly like how to put down the tarp back over the leaves so I don't get a ticket. And it came down to the woman coming out and saying like, hey, do you do debris removal? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to fix my trailer. She's like, all right, well, when you have a minute, can you come over? I'm like, all right. So fix my trailer, walk over to the gate. I'm like, how can I help you? She's like, well, we're looking for a debris removal company to come and take out the the stuff out of people's storage units when they're not paying. So I was like, Huh. All right. Yeah. Sounds I, like a nice gig. Absolutely. So I'm I'm kind of like a yes man too. It's like why well, say no? I mean, it's I. If there's a way, there's a will. So like I'm gonna make it work no matter what. Um. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. She's so she was like, you, I just you just need to show a certificate of insurance and you're good. No, no. I was 18, 19 at the time. I would say 18. And who who has insurance at 18 for <laughs> a business? So it's the like, last thing that I thought of for that that I have to do. A hundred percent. And then but. Who can I go to? I'm like, yo, mom, I need a certificate of insurance. You just got to make it happen. So she was, she actually, she wrote a policy for me. I got everything situated, sent it over to them, and they're like, perfect. So I was like, all right, how do you guys want to operate? She's like, well, we're going to call you when someone doesn't pay. Then from that point, you're going to come. You can assess the whole unit and then just tell us how much it is and we'll, we'll pay you. I love it. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. I love it. I went to the first storage unit and I was like, it was like, maybe a 10 by 10 it wasn't a lot of stuff but it was like let's just say 325 they're like perfect so after i would take the stuff out and then but how i kind of thought about profit margin was on the dump in at the dumps in yapank on saturdays it's the first i believe 500 pounds free if you had a single axle trailer and less than 10 feet of a trailer because that's a residential trailer you're not a commercial um you're not a commercial business technically in their eyes so i was like all right so i would put all the stuff in the trailer and then I would go on a Saturday and try to dump it, and maybe it would cost now me you're 20, tr- 30. Now you're trying to see how, if that's worth it for you, and that's how you make your money, right? Exactly. So what it is it based would, on the dump. Correct, because that's really the 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 overhead that you have is how much is it going to cost you to remove, like to throw everything out, but also your time, and then if you have a helper, so on and so forth. So as I started getting a little bit more experience with them, four, five, six trips, now I'm like, all right, let's do this. So we rent, I ended up actually renting a uh, 40-foot storage container. We dropped it on a piece of land, and then from there I would take all the furniture and all the stuff, and I would just put it in the storage unit, take pictures, and this is when Facebook Marketplace just first came out. 
taking pictures. I was sell- selling beds, couches, Wait, 20 hold bucks. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're taking it out of the storage unit, mm-hmm. right? I guess it's in their contract that once they have you come, Cor- it's their possession now. Cor- yeah, it's our possession. Yeah. Our, yeah, correct. So they're like, go dump it. We don't even want anything. Just throw it in the garbage. And then you start saying to yourself, wait a second here. There's a market. It's actually called Facebook Marketplace <laughs> yep. that I can sell this stuff. Yep. So how much would you say you were making just doing that? Just the Facebook Marketplace. It, it was, I never looked at, I was selling everything cheap because I also didn't want the storage unit to get filled up because. And you, well, you didn't pay anything ex- for it. Exactly. So, so whatever it is, it's profit. Exactly. So it was like, if I can help people out, get my name out there is, hey, here's a couch, here, here's a bed set. And then some stuff I did have to throw out, but that's where it was like, all right, whatever I had to throw out at the end of the month, it was like, I would bring it on a Saturday and. It would be garbage, and I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to pay because it'd be under oh, the five hundred. I, I understand what you're saying. So then, real quick, how did you get out of the business of doing that and getting into insurance? What, what was the, you know, what was the final say that you know like, I, I got to get out of this? So from there, it was I was offered a position to work at a dealership on 112. So then I went to the dealership. Dealership, what selling cars? Yeah. So it was online sales, BDC. So it was just I would call call people, 100, 150 people a day. Why emails. are you doing the landscaping? At that point, I had a friend of mine running the business. I I got I I would get the call that said, "Hey, we need these storage units cleared out." I would call him. He would take the truck, the trailer. Go. You pay him, but you're st- now you're making money and doing absolutely nothing except taking absolutely phone calls. nothing. But that's Best. and that's where I kind of got a little greedy because I was I was overcharging slightly because of like I had I needed to compensate for my time because now I'm doing a separate job but also running that job and you got to pay the guy exactly so then from there it was like it became more of a hey like can you do it and then you know how some not laborers are like they'll they're you can hire them they can come and work for you but then when they have something to do they can't do it so then it was like I would I felt like I was letting them down so I was like you know what no problem. You guys can like. She was like, "Hey, should we find someone else?" Because I explain. I'm very transparent. I. How much are you making though on this though? What the whole thing? Yeah, like, like, like what were you making a week? What would be a good week doing this gig at the storage units? I would say I was clearing at least anywhere between four and six hundred dollars per per unit because I also wasn't going there unless there was a minimum of two units. I so, wasn't going so, there. So take it for a month then. How much were you saying that you were making a month doing that? Maybe like fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred a month. Yeah. For doing that. Yeah. At eighteen years old. Yeah. And fifteen hundred dollars is it's everything. Yeah. At that age. Yeah. So after that then goes you say that you want to get into doing insurance because of your mother? So that that's kinda of how it unraveled. So I was licensed I was I was a licensed insurance broker at the time I had the debris removal company, but I just wasn't ready to go full time into an office because I felt like I was making good money without being in an office. So from there I was at the I was at the dealership and then that's kinda of how I started my brand was because everyone that we were selling cars to, I would always say, like, Oh, I can insure you too. That's, that's my a brand. Nice you know, it's one one hand washes the other in those two businesses. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I, I, that's great. Did you have real quick though? Did you ever go to college? No. Why didn't you want to go to college? I I felt that I had a solid three years from the time that I graduated to figure out what I wanted to do, and if one entailed to go to school, I would then do so. But I mean, I went to insurance school. That was ninety hours, three days a week for the summer after high, like after I graduated. But I just I. I wasn't interested in the partying or the going to school because I knew that I wasn't. I was. I was complete opposite of me. Yeah, (laughs) complete opposite. Even though I didn't go away to school, I didn't want to go away because I wanted to stay home because I there was all the, you know, vagina that I knew here (laughs) that I, I I just wanted to be around and do things, go to the beach, do whatever. It was really complete opposite, and I I I have to tell you, it's really impressive hearing you you know, actually say all of this stuff. But do you look back now and say, hey, I, I wish maybe I did go away to college because... Absolutely not. Not at all? No shot. Really? Maybe like, maybe a BOCES for certain things, like maybe like to like take an Excel program or Microsoft Word or like actual like with data and like like the computers p- potentially, but other than that, no. So right before we, you know, we left off with about how you were about to get into the insurance, the business, and I want to discuss that. But before I do that too, before we um, started the show, you were like, "Hey, are we, you know, did you you show me a picture of the weight loss that you transformed into or transformed out of?" 
Can you? And there it is. Holy shit. Now, there you are on the left. How much do you, how, first of all, what are you, like 6'2"? I'm about 6'3". Six, 6'3", three. Six, three. Yeah. okay. Same thing. How How much do you weigh there? Six foot three. About 300 pounds. 300. So there was a time that you actually went on the scale and said, holy shit, it says 300? Yeah, well, it was my, I have, for doctor records, it was, three, it was 300 pounds was like the heaviest I ever weighed in with the doctor. And, and when you finally got the 300 pounds, like what was going through your mental state? So it was actually my 21st birthday. I just got back from California and Vegas. And it was like, I got back from Vegas and I mean, I was large. I was looking at pictures. Like, I mean, you go on a trip like that for your 21st birthday. I'm looking back, I'm like, yo, I had such a great time, but look how huge I am. Like this is, I, I never actually looked at myself in a picture and was like, I'm just, Gigantic. So you saw the pictures from like the pool parties or whatever it is, and then there you are with your friends, girls around, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I'm crazy. So then, and then it wasn't. I got back from Vegas, and it was within two, two or three days, the world shut down for COVID. And then what happened? You couldn't leave your house. Uber Eats two times a day, three times a day. It it was like, oh, of you, course, you couldn't so leave, convenient. Right? Yeah, so it was like I, I get donuts getting delivered Ubered. To my house, anything. It really, was, it was it was crazy. It was nuts. Not only was it a crazy expense, but it was like, what good food are you really getting from Uber Eats? No, but what foods? I'm I'm interested in this though. What foods are your go-to foods when you were at your heaviest and you didn't give a fuck? <sighs> yeah, like you were like, I'll eat anything, whatever it is. I'll order whatever you know. There's no, you know, there's. You're not segregating any food at all. What would be the go-to? So it it actually wasn't. It wasn't until after I lost the weight that I actually had a conversation with my sister's boyfriend where we were talking and it was like, he said he'll never forget. It was like, what I used to order at McDonald's was uh, a Big Mac, large fries, large Coke, and a 20-piece chicken nugget. I got to tell you right now. That's insane. That is bananas. First of all, that soda is the worst out of all of it. That large soda is so bad for you. It's huge. Huge. The calories in that soda alone. Yeah. And then you go you get the Big Mac. You, I mean, is it? Are you devouring it? Because Quick. like I'll order fries when I go, and I'll I, I may not eat all of them. Yeah. But you're everything off the plate. Gone. Wow. Yeah. So, Terrible. So so there you are. Obviously, do you have a girlfriend at the time? Yeah. Okay. Is it the same girl right now? Yep. Her stock, like my stock, went through the roof. Oh, now. <laughs> yeah, look yeah, at yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at that. Of course. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is so what was the what was it that you said? You know what? Today's the day. Today's the day that something has to happen. So it's actually a, a bigger story than what you actually see. So it was like, I had a uh, one of my best friends, his dad was a professional bodybuilder and um, he had amazing cars and, and I wanted to do his insurance. So it, it was like, he, one day he called me, I think it was like 12.30, one o'clock in the morning. So like Chris calls me up and says, hey, my dad wants a quote. Are you, are you able to like talk to him? I'm like, yeah, I'm just finishing up a quote right now because during COVID, no hours. I, I was trying to do, I want to say there was no way I was letting COVID stop me with my production because I'm just getting fully I, into the industry. I got to tell you, like, there's, there's not many people that think the way you think, right? At such a young age, too. It's it's absolutely great. Yeah. You, have like, you just love working. Yeah, I love it. You love it. Love it. Unbelievable. Go ahead. It's nothing good. <laughs> I wish I had some of that on with me. I don't want to work at all, ever. <laughs> but go ahead. So then, it, it, I so I'm talking to him, and then I ended up quoting his cars, and um, I pre- I pretty much fr- went from there. Uh, I asked him, I said, "Hey, Bill, is his name was Bill Caputo? Is there anything you could do to help me? Like any words of wisdom, any advice that you can help me lose weight?" He was like, "Do you really want to lose weight?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "All right, come to my house this Friday, and and we'll talk about it." So then I was like, "All right." go to his house what got you to that point though is what i'm trying to get at where were you like you know was that something that just was marinating over time or was there a specific incident that you were like this is it like you looked in the mirror or you were in the shower or you just driving in your car or maybe your girlfriend gave you a weird look like you know what the fuck is going on here yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was my pants. It was like my ass crack was always out because like I had crazy hips. Like it was like, it was just a whole combination of everything. Were you depressed? No. 
weren't depressed. Wasn't depressed because I was always working. So it was like even like, and what's crazy too is because like I was doing laborious work at the time and I still look like that. So yeah, like, but, but, but there's got to be other foods besides McDonald's. Give me some of the sweets. What do you, what do, you do? Are you a Snickers guy? I mean, you're 300 pounds. Yeah. You're eating anything. What, what, what's, what's getting you to that point besides just say McDonald's? I would say it was a lot of soda. It was, it was a lot of the liquid drinks that I was taking in. I'm not a big drinker, but um, sweets, it was just always snacking on something. Like what? 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 What's the soda? What's your go-to soda? Coca-Cola, root beer, Sprite. Like, you are, name. You a, are you a Welch's grape guy? Yeah. Okay. What about Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper is good. You, that's a good one. Yeah. Is there any soda that's bad though? No. Well, diet. I'm not a diet guy. No. And I, I haven't drank soda. I can't even tell you how long. Yeah. But I never drank diet. I was a mellow yellow guy. I like mellow yellow. Great. It's a great one. Dr. Pepper. Great one. Mount- cherry. Cherry. Uh, um, Pepsi. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, phenomenal. Baja Blast. Mm, I don't know if I know that one. Really? Might have I been out of it then? And then <laughs> Baja Blast came into the scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it is. It really is so bad for you. But go ahead. So you, you're talking to this guy, and he's telling you, you really want to lose weight, continue. You really want to lose weight, um, I, I can help you out. And he pretty much, like, it was one of those things where I had then had a commitment not only to him, as a as a trainer but also him as a client where it's like I don't want him to look down on me as if like like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to then I just wrote his if business if he's lazy in trying to lose weight I could just imagine how lazy he is into trying to make a dollar exactly right because you would think that your appearance is more important you know your body is more important than anything yep without it the money doesn't come exactly so from from there it was like you got it and then it was you just have to lose one pound a week. Just lose one pound a week. I'll help you out. And, and as long as there's progress, still there. So I'm like, all right. Now I'm thinking like I left his house thinking I'm like, I'm going to owe this guy a lot of money. Like like I'm I'm doing it. So but then, you know what? It's funny that he did that. At first, you're like one pound a week. The first, My first reaction was, it's fucking nothing. That's it. It's not going to motivate me. But, you know, and maybe from his standpoint, I don't know if this is exactly what he was doing, but I think it's genius. It's... If I could just get this guy to see progress every time, we set the bar so low that by the third week, you lost three pounds. Yeah. And then maybe then you'll start saying, I want to lose six by yep. next week. Which that, But that also turned into me turn around and say, there's no way I can only lose one pound a week. I have to do more. I feel like I'd be an av- like I'd be average if I just lost one pound a week, and it's like that's mediocre effort. Actually, you'd just be a fat fuck. Yeah. That's so, what fat fucks do, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, one pound. Yeah, it's one like, pound. Ah. Yeah, I lost one pound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it was like, I want to lose three, four, five pounds. So the weight came off really like, I mean, I did that transformation within, I want to say, 10 months. But what were you doing? What was, was it, were you at the gym? Was it because you were working out? Diet. Was it your diet? Diet. Because COVID. No gyms were there. And it was like, hey, let's, let's start with the diet first and let's see what you're eating. So he gave me exactly what I need to be eating and it was just sticking on that hey you have to be eating this much protein this many carbs this many fats be careful when you do the table yeah only because they go right through the mic every time you hear banging 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 so just I do the same thing yeah but go ahead no so continue your diet you know the soda gone gone what was what was some of the things that came into you now your diet that you really weren't doing before a lot of lettuce Iceberg lettuce. I mean, iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce. I, I mean, tell it's you, sound, I would never have thought that. It sounds so crazy, but it's it's water based and it and it fills you up like you have three or four pieces and you're full. It's. Were you a big bread eater? Yeah, I love like you know you go to the restaurant and before even the food comes out they bring the the, the basket of bread, yep. a little oil and you yep. start dipping the bread. It's, there's nothing better than that, uh-huh. but it's the worst for you because now you're full before the food even comes out. And then you're forcing yourself because you feel guilty that you paid $25 for this meal. Yep. So now you're forcing yourself to eat on top of being full, and it's just, it just goes downhill from you there. Yeah, and the biggest thing that you always hear is it's like, oh, you got to finish your food because kids, like starving kids, are <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like they'd be killing for this food. But it's like that kind of mentality will also make someone obese where it's like if I'm, if I'm full, I'm full. Like it's, but you have to finish your food. So besides just the diet though, did you start like maybe going for jogs, doing stuff like that? I mean, cause I would believe that you would eventually want to start getting your heart rate up, right? So I started June 26, 2020. And it wasn't until I think the gyms opened up around September 5th, September 10th. And then from that point I was in the gym. Okay. And was it, did he give you a specific routine that you had to do to lose the weight? 
it was just certain like uh, basic uh, like curls, bench, back, and it was like just doing four four of each body part for. 10 times each. But so you're not looking for mass, right? You're going low weight, I would assume, because you're not, you don't want to get bulked up, or is it that you are trying to do as much weight as possible? No, I, I was just trying to get like my heart rate up, like you mentioned, and it was just doing, um, I wouldn't say low weight, but medium weight and just getting through the reps, but with the correct form. So now we're at the gym, right? Yep. Here you are. Yep. When you first got there, you know, being fat, like in that picture there. Were you a little embarrassed going in there, or did you look at it like, you know, okay, baby, it's on, like, you know, this is it? And I looked at it as, I'm not going to look like that in four months. I'm not going to look like that in five months. Because it was like, they can, people can say whatever they want to say, but if I show up here in four months from now, they're not probably not going to recognize me. Yeah, absolutely. That's an actually great feeling, and it's a great motivating thing to do, and put that in front of you saying that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we're at the gym, though. What uh? What are you listening to in the headphones? Rock, rock. Yeah. Like what? Give me some bands. Like I like uh, Aerosmith's good, Bon Jovi. Like that's like more like cardio. Twenty three years old. You're listening to Bon Jovi. That's oh yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. What about Guns N' Roses? Guns N' Roses, classic. Yeah. Um, uh, Leonard Skinner. What? It's, are you a Nirvana guy? Nirvana's good. So it's, I listen to pretty much anything ACDC. Um, it's it's just whatever like is the the tone for the day, I guess you could say. You know, it, it's funny that you are listening to music. I would think that you may be listening to, say, like Audible books, podcasts, learning your craft, how, doing sales, you know, certain things. But you have a complete release at the gym. That's like your time to just relax or whatever, you know, unwind and, and really go all out. Yeah. So there's no real working going on. You're not thinking, you're not... See, like for me... Whatever I'm listening to, if I'm listening to a, a podcast about learning about something, kind of takes me away from the workout then, because then I'm always trying to do that. As opposed to when I put music on, I'm all about working out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I won't listen to, like, the audio books in the gym, because it's like, I feel like you can't be sprinting that mile and someone, like, just talk, casually talking to you. It'd be like, I don't know, it's like a mindset thing. You have to have your mind in the game of whatever you're doing. I agree. I agree. And And... For me at the gym, it's it's a, it's a balancing act. Yeah. Because I want to get in my podcast. I want to get in, you know, the the audible books, the self improvement audio books that I like listening to, the motivational guys. But the workout then suffers. Exactly what you say. Because yeah. then I just, it, it's just it's just weird. But when you listen to the music, you love it. And yeah. You're just all about that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so now that you're losing this weight, what did? And be honest, did you see the dynamic in your relationship change at all? relationship with with your girlfriend no like, you know did you you know did your confidence start getting you know i mean she's bold and she's awesome like it was it was it's been the same throughout the whole journey and it's like that's what you need you need the support where it's like no one no one should be looking down at you if they really love you or if you're with someone because it's like that's your partner what, what about though when you were at your heaviest were you a little embarrassed to maybe take off your shirt in front of your girlfriend or no. you didn't care no do you take like? Do you feel a lot better now when you take it off your shirt in front of her and everything? I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't? But it's yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. So, so what are you at right now? So you were at three hundred. What are you at right now? I, I lowest I got to was about two fifteen for when I went to Iowa for a body transformation show, and then it was now I'm kind of hanging out around two twenty five, two thirty. Look at you! You're showing off your body now. Look yeah. At you now. It's all about your body. Yeah. Before, you know, now, you know, taking off your shirt and showing everyone. So you get this conference. How did you, how did you figure, you know, how did you find out about that? So if you actually swipe onto the other picture, there's three pictures. So that's the side view. And then it should be the next picture. So it was, um, so Bill, who was training me, he had passed away December 16th. So about five months into actually training me. So it was like, now I'm at a point. Am I going to keep going forward, or am I going to go back to what I was? How, what What did he uh, pass from? Uh, it was It was like uh, heart failure, or they they. It's pretty much that. Um, but it was pretty much. It was. Do what, you do you continue, or do you go back to the old ways? Do I take what he taught me exactly? And he's and he said the bit the best feeling is to be on stage because he was a competitor. The best feeling on stage was when they're holding your hand up because you won because you can't buy a physique, you can't. You have to earn it. It's hard work. It's no one can cheat that 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 difference of what 
you used to look like versus what you are now. Is there, is there other people that are going against you that you're watching in the back or you're in the audience or whatever and you're sitting there saying, oh, there's no way, I think he probably is going to get it? Or did you always say to yourself from the transformation from A to B that you, you had a good shot? If someone, if someone did better than me, they earned it. So it was like I wasn't nervous. It was because also you had to su submit with this type of comp like competition. You had to submit your after pictures two weeks before actually getting to Iowa. So they already kind of figured out who won based off the statistics and like the the and the pictures pic and the pictures. Yeah. Okay. So so tell me about that moment before they called who the winner was. What was going through your mind? I was just like, no matter what happens, I did the absolute most that I could do and. It is what it is. Did you? Are you a big prayer? No. You know, prayers to God or anything? No, nah, because it's it's not. A, I don't look at it as a prayer. It, leave it in my hands. You know, it's you did the work. I did the work. I'm not praying for someone to say like, oh, hopefully, like I don't want to win by luck or like I want to win because I made myself win. It's a good point. It's a good. It's, I, I like what you, you're saying there. So, all right. So here it comes. They say your name. Then what happens? That. It was just like smi <laughs> smiles. It was like I couldn't stop smiling. It was, uh, it, it was just an awesome feeling because it was. What was crazy was because there was two parts that I would walk out on stage. They they talked about me, where I started, where I came from, before and after pictures, and there was maybe like. I don't know, 45 people like in the audience. Like I was like, oh, because it's like a halftime show of the actual like, like um, bodybuilding show. That's like the transformation division. So it was like, we went back inside and then we were just hanging out, waiting. And then they were like, all right, we're going to call the finals for the body transformation. So I show up. Now it's like as soon as they called me to come out, I come out and it's just a sea of people like on the, on the top magazine and like the bottom full of people. And I was like, all right. Like, I, I did this. Yeah, I did. I'm it. here, and there's no turnaround. And they would just raise my hands, and it was awesome. How was that moment when you first saw your girlfriend? Because I'm sure she saw the trials and tribulations, the transformation firsthand, and everything. And you know, and you probably owe a lot of gratitude towards her yeah. for actually, you know, backing you and not judging you, just like everything that you said. How was that feeling when you first, you know, got into her arms and after you won? It it was. It was awesome because she knew exactly what I was doing it for and like what it really meant to me because if you go to the last picture, that's really honestly what I did it for was to be able to... There's another picture. Right, let's one see. more picture. Uh, next one. To be able to do that to... Pay that's to, the guy. That That's the guy. Bill Caputo. Because what he, he never... Back what I, I mentioned before, I'm going to owe this guy a lot of money. Then it turns out that what he would always say to me, your success was my reward. So it's like, I never paid Bill anything. I mean, he would call me three times a day. What are you eating? What What's your plans for later? What do you expect to eat? I, I couldn't go to a restaurant without actually sending him a picture of the menu for him to say, you're getting a grilled chicken Caesar salad. Like, oh, he's, it was just nonstop. He was, he was your guy he, the whole he, time. He became my best friend for that five-month period. All right, we're going to take a quick break in the action here. Got to pay some bills. Today's show is sponsored by MyPillow.com. Make sure you go over to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TJCS. Why is that? You get up to 66% off everything in your cart. So whether it's the Giza sheets, the pillows, the slippers, the blankets, you name it. Go over to MyPillow.com, you punch in promo code TJCS, and you get up to 66% off your entire cart. Also, today's show is sponsored by the TheIlliteratMillionaire.com, and that, of course, that course has been given to you by Brian Karp. Brian Karp is the real estate giant here on Long Island. The course is targeted for entrepreneurs, real estate brokers, just brokers in general, anyone basically who wants to raise the temperature of their sales game. What's involved in this course? Well, Brian pulls back the curtain on his real estate business and how he started off selling three houses to friends and family, and now he's selling over 200 houses a year. Just in 2021, this man sold over 260 houses. Do the math. We live here on Long Island. Each house, the average house is around 500,000. He sold over 260. Again, you have to go to illiteratemillionaire.com, and here's the best part. You use our promo code TJCS, and you instantly save $500 from the course. Did you ever do any intermittent fasting at all, or do you do that now, or like, what, how's your diet now? 
now my diet it's more relaxed because it's like I'm just focused on work at the moment um, which I do have to work on my work-life balance as far as like getting to the gym and working but right now just strictly focused on working but my diet now consists of breakfast most important meal of the day I'll have three eggs avocado turkey bacon turkey on whole wheat toast I, I disagree with you really I don't think I, I don't eat breakfast anymore hmm. and, no and breakfast for for the reason of fasting for uh, because I'm fasting and I have to tell you it was the easiest way for me to lose weight and it really it really does something that I'm not eating that breakfast and I'm going off of all my reserves. Like I'm using everything in my body, it feels like. Yeah. And it's just it's just a great feeling. I don't feel lethargic at 12 o'clock after, you know, I ate the avocado, I eat the yogurt or, you know, oatmeal, whatever it is. It, it, it just, I mean, I would try it if I were you, just to see how your body responds. Why not? Why wouldn't you? You're 23 years oh, old. absolutely. Now, do you eat lunch? So what I'm doing now is really to an extreme. I started really looking into the intermittent fasting. So I'm almost doing 20 hours of fasting during the day. If I could get to 22, that's my goal. But sometimes I break down. And I would say 50% of the time. So it's four hours of eating and then nothing again for another 20 hours. And I, I got to tell you, I love it. The little aches that I've had in my body, because I'm a hypochondriac. If I get a little something in my stomach, next thing you know, I go on Google and I have, you know, stomach cancer or yeah. intestinal cancer or because it's always at the end. Yeah. You know, could be cancer. See a doctor if you think so. What? <laughs> what the fuck yep. talking about? <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I love it. I, and I was just interested in seeing that if you ever delved into that at all. But you, so you're having breakfast. And then lunch and no dinner? Lunch. No, no lunch. lunch. No lunch. It slows me down. So it's like I can't just stop and eat lunch. It's very like I'm, I'm working. I'm don't like I don't need lunch. Um, and then I'll come and then I'll have dinner. So like that's usually like breakfast and dinner. Um, and then dinner's usually if I go out, if I take my girlfriend out or um, usually if it's like I do a lot of business dinner. So it's like I'll ask a client or a rep will take me out and and we'll have dinner that way where it's like I'll usually get steak or a salad or look at you 23 yeah. years old going out to dinner maybe it's comp maybe it's not whatever it doesn't matter I'm making money yeah so, so what, what what's your go-to steak I mean I I just got I went to prime on I believe it was last Saturday and I just got a beef wellington for the first time and it was amazing I've never had one. Oh, it's so good it's, it's good yeah you just have the steak the flame mignon and then it's like then you have the bread on top of it with the cheese it was Phenomenal. Phenomenal. How do you get your steak? Uh, medium. Medium. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Never, not the rare guy at all? Not even a medium rare? I'll, I'll do a medium rare, but it depends who's cooking it. Like for the beef wellington, you have to do a medium rare because it's like they have the bread and whatever the case may be. So I ate it that way. Sometimes like if you ask for rare like and it's too rare, like do you like your steak blue? I like I like saying rare and hope for the best. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I like saying rare because I feel like that's where you get the best taste of the steak, mm -hmm. right? You know, when it's cooked like medium. Oh, there we go. There's some steaks. That's so the beef Wellington. That's the beef Wellington. That's the beef I Wellington. Didn't, I, I didn't even picture that. It had it's just I, all I had was like a loaf of bread on top of or you know whatever on top of the steak. Yeah, that thing looks amazing. Oh, so good. Oh God. Do you dip it into anything or you just eat it just like that? I mean, if you see like that bottom picture, like it has like some type of sauce like with it. Like a glaze? It, with a glaze, but yeah. it's just, I mean, you have that with lobster mac and. Lobster mac and yeah. cheese yeah. is fucking the best oh, too. Are you a lobster roll guy? Yeah. I'm a lobster. big lobster roll guy. Yep. Right in Babylon Village, it's a burger place right on the corner of Deer Park Avenue in Babylon Village. Great lobster roll. Mm -hmm. oh, I absolutely love it. Um, all right, so listen, let's get into I, – I, congratulations. Thank you. I mean, it's so, so good, right? We're waking up and you feel good. Yep. You know, all this weight. How much is the weight in its total? 85 pounds. 80, 85 pounds. 47 inches, which is crazy, and then it's like 10% uh, body fat. What was your waist at 300? What's your waist now, if you don't mind me asking you? I think I, if I – it was probably like – I know I have pants for 42, and now I'm uh, 34. 42. Yeah. That's a big waist. <sighs> Holy Crazy. shit. All right, so now let take us into the insurance, right? So you're done with the landscaping, and your mom owns this insurance company. Yep. Right? Which is great. Yep. And how did, what does she do? Does she 
slowly persuade you or do you see that she's making really good money? No. So it was, I mean, we always had a, a very comfortable life. We went on vacation. So it's like, I knew that it was like, it, it definitely generated income. But at the same time, I got licensed and then it was- you white privileged you. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you have that type of privilege? Go ahead. And then, uh, but it, it wasn't until- I got licensed out of high school. I was working at the dealership, and then I started selling insurance a little bit to my friends, and then like kind of getting my feet wet. And then my mom presented me the opportunity. It was like, "Hey, do you want to go to Buffalo for a producer school?" And it was it was through one of the companies, and I was like, "Yeah, no problem." So like, I, I was what does going that there. mean, producer school? So I went there for seven days. So I landed. I got there on a Sunday, left on a Sunday, um, or I left on a, the following Saturday. And it was set, uh, it was the five days of intense going over like how to produce insurance, how to actually talk, listen to a client. I gotta and- stop you for a second because I gotta I gotta bring this up to Eric for a second here. This is Brian Carp 2.0. So we actually spoke about Brian Carp before you came. Oh, back. you did. Yeah. And this there, is there, Brian Carp. There's an affiliation here, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, you know Brian Carp. Yeah. Okay. How do you know Brian? Uh, client and also through BNI. Uh, that's right. Being a time at Brian. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable because you have the exact same work ethic. Here you are, right? So when you went to the school in Buffalo, how old were you at that time? I was 20 because when after class, everyone would go out to drink and uh, I couldn't. I was sitting in the hotel. You, no, not only that, all your friends back at home are going to the beach, maybe the Hamptons, yep. right? Going to all the clubs on Long Island, doing whatever. And here you are. You're at school in uh, in Buffalo. Yep. Unbelievable! It really says something, man. That's that's that worth work ethic, is is ridiculous. Yeah. What do you have like um, a, a certain goal of yours? Like, do you want to have like own a lot of houses? But this, you, you're working so hard. You obviously then have certain dreams and goals that you're aspiring to obtain. Can you just you know maybe? Give us a few. So, I mean, everyone says financial freedom. That's realistically, it's my goal. But to to define financial freedom is having the ability to say, no, it's not in our budget or it's not, hey, maybe next year. It's it's you you only live once where it's like and not to be corny to say that, but it's like you should be able to do whatever you want to do in this world if you're in, you're in control of your outcome whenever you want to do it whenever you want to do it yes this is my world yes why, why would i no you're I can't. the director exactly so it's like you want to be able to say this is what i'm doing i'm doing it and then do it so that's kind of like my out outlook where if it's like if i can stay on track and stay on my little war path that i'm on to success eventually it'll come where it's like Hey, I want to go to Italy, or let's go to France, and let's do this, and so on and so forth. Or Are I you at that work. point yet in your life, or is there still work to be done? Job's not done yet. Job's not done yet. Yep. Now, what would you like to be able to do? Like, give me some places. Italy, you just said one of them. Where would be other places that you, you know, you're like, listen, man, once I start really getting my groove, once I still, you know, start really getting some cash coming in here, these are the places that I want to go. Europe definitely would be cool. Um, I, I, I want to try like all 50 states. I mean, some states are, I can leave out, but um, I really just want to, I want to own a giant yacht and just travel the seas. Oh, really? That's that's the thing right there. That's yeah. when you put your, you know, you close your eyes at night and you have your own thoughts. There's, you're on the yacht there's traveling the seas. Helipad is on the, the helicopter pads on the yacht. If I need to leave, jump on the helicopter, gone, come back. It's, it's You love money. It's you love money, don't you? I do, yeah. but I I I, I want to put in the work and not just dream for it. So it's like there always has to be like it is doable. Having that dream is doable, but now it's planning with the end in mind. Do you like counting cash? Is that something that you like doing, or is it because you're 23 years old, cash is really not as big as it was? Like say maybe when I was 23. No, counting cash is it's cool because it's like you're like Brian says you're just stacking, stacking, and you want to yeah. stack small wins. But it's just like you just want to. I, I just don't focus on it. It's just like, I get it, away. Invest it, invest it, invest it. What are you investing in? So uh, I do have a financial advisor, also a, gr- a great friend of mine. At BNI? Uh, you know him, uh, Patrick Bonner? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Patrick Bonner's great the Great guy. I love him. Great guy. He's like an older brother to me. I miss, yeah, I haven't, you know what? Because when you go away from something for so long, and I haven't been there since before COVID, you just forget people. Yeah, you know yeah I mean, I mean you, you would definitely have to come over to his house, you would love it, and we can uh, hang out, but um, he actually, I was with him two nights ago, and I told him I'm super excited, he sends his regards, says hello, and uh, it's it's having someone like that on your team where it's like, I know that I'm, I'm 
he's also part of my financial plan. It's he's pl- like with the retirement where I can make big purchases is where I I I talk to him before and I mean him and my accountant, but at the same time it's just you want to make sure that you're on the right track and and he's he's my man. Yeah, do you you know it's I got to tell you you're 23 years old and you have all of this going on. I was so in the opposite direction at 23 years old from what you're doing here. So, okay, so now start talking about insurance, right? Now you're in it. You start doing well. You're on the cover of a magazine, correct? Yep. Can we get that back cover up there? And uh, so tell us how, you know, lead us up to this. There he is. Look at this. Look at that picture. The next, the new next, meet young agent Craig Bender. So how did they reach out to you? How did you get um, on this? So I'm actually part of the Big Eye Suffolk. So Big Eye is like, it's a national organization. So throughout the whole U.S. And it's like there's different um, states and then different chapters, so on. So I'm part of the Suffolk Big Eye. And it was being a part of them getting getting in front of my chapter of like because I, I sat on that board meeting for the first year and said nothing and just absorbed just absorbed and I would take notes but never I, talk I feel like I feel like I'm listening to Brian Carp <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to Brian Carp's twin <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ God and and it was just like I, I I felt like I wasn't I didn't deserve to speak yet because it's like I'm still new it's just and, and listen there's no I, I, it, having Brian Carp or you in front of me just makes me realize how much I'm not doing in the twenty the twenty four hours that I have in my life. It's just it's almost like a, a a dose of reality yeah. for me. But all right, so continue on with your story. So it was like it was meeting the different individuals and then explaining like not explaining but talking to them exactly what I'm doing, what my plans are, and then them seeing the social media and and just seeing everything come together. Then it was. Um, I'm part, also part of a next gen chapter for the independent brokers, and it was the CEO comes. I get an email one day and was like, uh, "Hi, we're looking. We're looking for someone under the age of 30 that we can uh, interview for the Big Eye magazine." And mind you, like this magazine, we've been. My mom's been getting since she's been in the agency. I used to open up those magazines. Like when it would come in the mail, I would go through it because I would be at her office when I was eight, nine years old, and I would just say, like, one day, like, it'd be cool to be on this magazine. And then when I officially came in the office around, like, 16, 17, not full-time yet, but just starting, like, because I was going to school for insurance, so I wanted to be in the atmosphere. So I'd go to the office just to study, and it was, like, look around, like, just be in the environment. So I was like, I'm going to be on this magazine one day. And everyone's always like, oh, okay, okay. And I said, and I remember when we moved into our new office, because now we're on Lake Grove, in Lake Grove, uh, we were originally in East Talk It. I was like, I, and I told my staff, like, I'm I'm going to be on this magazine. And it's like, yeah, yeah, like, dream. But now it's like, I'm on the magazine. Yeah. So it's like, but it, what what really happened was she referred me. Then I, I then she came, uh, the CEO referred me. And then, and then it was up to the producer of the magazine to say, um, like, all right, I'm going to reach out to you. We're going to go over about, uh, I here's 10 questions. Pick whichever ones you want to talk about, preferably five or six, and then we'll. And then I'm just going to interview you, and then we're you're, we're going to feature feature you in the magazine. So I'm like, okay, no problem. Complete opposite of what this interview process. Yeah, no, but <laughs> and, and, and that one was like because it's like it's I I love this and I love that because it's two different. I feel like it's two different things where that one is like the the target the target is like those are for younger younger individual like for potential insurance brokers because I believe that everyone should be like people that are going through college and coming out of college should consider the insurance industry because it is a great industry. It's a lucrative industry and everybody needs insurance. You can't leave the closing table at for buying a home without it and you can't leave the dealership without it. Without it. Without it's, it. it really is. Yep. It's, it's amazing. How big is networking for you? Huge. Huge. Is that like a big process that you go through every day that you make sure that you know because you're in the BNI networking group yeah this is a great networking tool yeah you can put this on your Instagram page and yep. then and or people reading this magazine say wow let me I need insurance this guy obviously knows what he's doing yeah did it did it do a lot of uh, wonders for your career 
It, I mean, I got two two new appointments already. I can't mention the company's names yet, but companies have came up to us and said, like, hey, like I got an email, like, hey, I saw I met I saw that you were on the front cover of the magazine. Like, when can we set up an appointment so I can come down? We could talk to you about the products that we offer. So like, the companies come down, and now I have a new home, auto market, commercial market, and it's like getting the markets that where they know that what this is going to create is then going to turn into like, hey, they're going to be able, he's going to be able to produce for me. So I want to provide him with our company. You know, I'm listening to you from the beginning till now, and it really is. It's all work. It's all business. It's all. I'm actually listening to an audio book right now. It's called "Do the Work." I forgot the author's name, and I'm hearing all of it. But what I'm not hearing, I don't hear anything at a 23 year old. You know, any of the the pleasures in life besides grinding, grinding, grinding. There's the yeah, do the work. So, I don't have my glasses on. Who's that author? <laughs> Stephen Pressfield. There he is, yeah. Stephen Pressfield. That's the guy. So, what do you do for like leisure? What do you do for fun? I mean, you're 23 years old, though. I have a lot of hobbies. I yeah. Got, yeah. So, like, um, I'm in a bowling league, so that kind of consumes my winters. Lefty or righty? Righty. Okay. Lefties are the best. Yeah. Watching a le- I'm not a lefty. I'm a righty, but I love watching a lefty bowler. Yeah. So it's it's bowling. It's and it was crazy because I got into it where it was like I want to try something new. I started where my average was an 80. Then it's like I get addicted to some of these hobbies where it's like now I got I got a bowling coach and now like my average. You is got a good spin. Now I do. Now you do. My average went from an 82 to like I would say a 175 now. So it's like. It's just now it's like I'm in the game. What pound ball do you use? 15. 15. 15. Not 16. No. 15 is heavy for me. I got to tell you. It's I go a big the, ball. But it's it, a big ball. But you need the size. Like the, the size of the ball is what really brings the weight through and pushes through the pins. Where if it's like you're using an eight-pound ball. It like, bounces right off the pin. Yeah. Just dink. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. So, bowling. What else? Uh, fishing. Big fisherman. So, I'll go out to Smith Point. Go for blue fishing, bass fishing, freshwater fishing. By yourself uh, or with other people? With fr- uh, with other people, but also like by myself. Like I have no issue with going to like the um, pond in Middle Island, where Artisan Lake, where it's like I can just go and throw a couple casts out, see if I time. get a, a great yeah. great spot. It's just convenient that it's right there. It's right there, yeah. and it's right near the gym that I go to too. So it's like, and then it's also because I got a mountain bike during COVID, so I'll go to Cathedral Pines, and it's right there too. So there's been lots of times where I'll go, I'll go ride the 13 miles in at Cathedral come out and be like all right well let's go fishing so oh, i love like, it right into it um what else paintball national paintball team so you're I, on the national paintball team yeah i did that one time it was, it's dangerous you liked it i i loved it but i just i thought i was gonna be so much better like i thought all right come on i'm gonna hide yeah i'm fast i'm agile i'm not big you know i'm the perfect candidate yeah. for this. i would step out as soon as i'd step out bah, 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 bah. You know, it, was, it was crazy so much fun yeah so, I, you know I, I did i did have a lot of fun though yeah, we just got back from philly uh on father's day that sunday um we were in philadelphia <laughs> I out of this guy didn't do anything and look at this doing everything go ahead <laughs> and then uh out of it was i want to say 36 teams and in our division we came in eighth ninth so it's like that was awesome. The best we ever did was there was about 85 teams in 2020 or 2019 World Cup, and we came in fifth. What what is Craig Bender right? We're at, we're on the at the paintball course here. Yeah, give us you know why are you a great player? Why would you you know be considered such a great player to be on the national team? Is it because you hide well? Do you have a good shot? Are you fast? You can you. You have good radar. You know where everyone is. What What is it? So I wouldn't say it's like one national team. It's I say it national because it's a national event. So event. there there are other teams from just different states. Yes, that's, I'm sorry. So, but I would say where it's like it's about communications. I mean, I've been like that was my first job when I was 13 years old. I was working at high velocity paintball, and I mean, I wasn't even old enough to be on the field. So I would just pick up garbage all day. But just being in the environment was like. I'm working. I and, can't wait and to I get in it. there. I yeah, can't wait to get in there. I, exactly. So then it was like just being there and then just having the – it's when I'm on the field playing paintball, I'm very relaxed. Like it's almost like I'm not nervous. It could be a one-on-four, one-on-five. I'm not freaking out. It's 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 
what you practice for. I got to tell you, when I was doing it, I felt the complete opposite. I didn't know what was going on, and it, everything was happening at such a fast pace yeah. for me. It was. It, it's electric, though. It's, it makes you, you're alive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You're like, what's going on? Then you hear the balls bouncing off the bunkers, and it's like, what's going on? You it, you can't tell if someone's right in front of you or 100 feet behind. Like, but, but what's your thing? Like, you know, a football player, you know, a wide receiver has great hands, or they might be really fast. A running back, you know, has great juke moves. I would say de- definitely communication and just my shot. I mean, just to be able to stay my patience and just understand the whole concept of what's going on and where someone is, where what they really what can they really do from back there so I'm not really worried about them and then understanding where it's like if I look here for two three minutes I, like where could he potentially be by that time it's, it's just having a good concept of what's going on what's what's more gratifying for you and then we get off this whole paintball thing is it actually trapping the guy that you want to get it like you know luring the person in that part right there or is it the actual I got you the shot it's I would say the shot. The shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I had one move over that, that Father's Day where it was just like I was coming down the field and, like, he just thought he knew what was going on. And, just like, I came in <laughs> at a different direction <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. blasted him. He's like, where did he come from? And but that's just, what like, I'm saying. That's the addicting thing would yeah. be probably for me. It's like, where did he come from? Like, yeah. You, total <laughs> shock. Like, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. So, so, so tell me now about this whole insurance thing. Let's just wrap it up here with the with, – with, with, the insurance today. How do people get in touch with you? How do, you know, if someone was saying, hey, listen, you know, I, I want to get insurance, but what, I don't know, is it, is it life insurance? Is it car insurance? Do you deal in all of it? You what name, is it that you do? You name it, I can insure it. So it's like, and if it's not me, I virtually do have every company that can write in New York and I have access to them. So I'll always have the solution. And the best way to contact me where this is really where I stand out is, there's no 1-800 number. You you call my phone, I'm picking up. Cell it's phone. My cell phone. I got to tell you, do the same thing. I do the same thing with my law practice because, because that's who they want to talk to. Yeah. Right? And I have a phone. It's mobile. Yeah. Because what's the difference between a client reaching out to you at 9 o'clock at night versus your best friend, a friend of yours? You know, you're, It's just a conversation. So why not give that access to your clients where it's like, I, I want to be friends with all my clients and prospects and I want to do business with everyone. So it's like, hey, here's my phone number and give me a call, shoot me a text, email, Instagram, anyway. And if they have a question, like say they get into an accident or Qu- something happens, they could just text you and you're available and that's the guy that's going to say this and this is what you probably want. You want him to say, I got a guy. Yeah. I got a guy. Use my guy. Yep. And you're that guy. I'm the guy. Yeah, because of the easy, you know, you're accessible and stuff like that. So what's the name of the insurance? Uh, it's the Archdeacon Agency is the name of the company and then also I have my own brand Insure You Two Services. So if you go through here, it's pretty much just... And that's Arch... That's archdeacon.com? Archdeaconagency.com. Archdeaconagency.com. A-R-C-H-D-E-A-C-O-N agency.com. Now, that's your mother's business? That's my mom's business. She built this all by herself? She purchased it in 2008, but she's she started working for the company, I want to say, about 96. And from, from 96 to 2008, she built 45% of the actual agency itself. So when the previous owner passed away, it was sold to my mom. Okay. And how do people get in touch with you? If they want to be able to contact you, they want to you know, discuss business with you, how do they do that? 631-371-7711. That's my cell phone. And also you're on social media, right? Social media, Craig underscore Will underscore Insure You Too. That's on Instagram? That's on Instagram. What about, like, say, uh, are you on Twitter or anything like that? Twitter, I mean, I don't have a professional account. I should use my my professional like i should have a outlet for all social medias because i do think it is super important but um most of the time i just i'll throw my number out there i mean if i see someone saying oh i'm looking for insurance here's, here's my, my cell phone, phone number. number give me a call text call do whatever you have to do whatever you want yeah no i love it and um last question i have for you here where do you see yourself in five years where i see myself in five years i would definitely say not in the same position, the same mindset, but just I think with a a larger role. So it's like if we're looking at materialistic things, I I would like to own. Well, in five years, lease will be up, so I do want to own a commercial building. 
a home. So those are kind of two things where it's like with Brian Carp, I want to get that asset and get my first rental property and live in the accessory apartment, rent out the top, and then eventually purchase my- Why would you not? Why not? Why would you not, right? Of course, yes. And then, so I'll have that commercial building and then eventually just build. Are you into crypto? Uh, I have a little bit of crypto, but I don't like truly believe in it. I just get it because it's part of the hype. So it's like, why not? Why not? If it goes good, it goes good. And if it doesn't, like I have $1,000 in crypto. Yeah. If I lose it, I lose it. I'm never probably going to lose it. Yeah. But it could maybe turn into three or $4,000. Maybe then I take it out and or whatever. Exactly. Like so you just need a small win. I mean, you come up $1,000. You're not, the, the issue with crypto is everyone thinks it's going to go to the moon, right? It's a, this is going to blow up. I don't know what it's going to do. I don't even know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. So therefore it's like, you, you really can't predict that. So it's just, I just diversify and try to make sure that I have all my little eggs in each basket and hopefully something. I, I know I said I was going to be the last question, but now this is the last question. Do you and your girlfriend, you guys watch any TV? You have any recommendations? You watch any shows? Um, I really don't watch too many shows. I mean, me, me personally, I wa- I just wa- I just finished up um, Money Heist. I love that show. That was a good show? Great show. Okay. Um, but what do you guys do, you and your girlfriend? You're working all day. You come home. So she's actually at school. So she goes to St. John's. She just graduated with a 4.0. Wow. And then now she just, uh, in September, she starts Columbia University for speech pathology. So that's an incredible com- accomplishment. Yeah, and absolutely. 7% acceptance rate. And uh, so she's going to be there for the next two years. And She's th- living on campus? Living on campus, yeah. So that's a good excuse, right, to uh, go visit her. Uh, yep. But then you also have leeway to work and do everything you're doing now. Exactly. Like I always say, like she she's on her little war path. I'm on my war path. And it's just like eventually, like when she does come back because she's from Mount Sinai when she when she graduates from college and it's like now she starts her actual career then it's like all right now we'll we'll obviously be together more and we'll do more things together but right now it's we'll see each other on the weekends and periodically and it's just work that's perfect it's perfect Craig Bender I really appreciate you coming in here I would love to have you on anytime give me an update absolutely yeah absolutely thank you all right you got it right so listen uh, the show of course is streaming on YouTube Rumble all different audio versions as well Spotify Stitcher Apple Podcasts and with that being said we're out peace thank you ladies and gentlemen but that wraps it up for another edition of the Joe Cozo show (laughs) 